Hey guys, and welcome to the Nashville for Nobodies podcast. I am your host, Bobby Gordon, along with my co-host, Kyle Thurkey, and we're going to be talking about the Nashville music scene and the ins and outs of Lower Broadway and a bunch of other random stuff that comes to mind. So if you're thinking about Nashville or new to Nashville and want to wrap your head around what's going on, this might be a great place to start. Take a listen. What's going on, everybody? We are back with the Nashville for Nobody's podcast. This is your co-host, Kyle Thurkey, along with my host, Bobby Gordon in the house. And, and we have another drummer. We do. We have another drummer today, a, a so very excited. special guest, uh, somebody that everybody seems to know, Mr. Brian Russell Collins. Brian, how you doing, man? What up? What's going on? Oh, man, nothing. Glad Just... to have you. So Thanks. because I'm a drummer and you're a drummer, we obviously don't get to work together. Yeah, man. So we've never had a chance to like just kind of hang out except like in passing a couple of times. Yeah, so I'm I think... really excited. Yeah, man. I think you and I have only like maybe passed each other on the street. And I think right mm-hmm. when COVID hit, I think that's when I actually had met you. Yeah, something like that. And uh, I'd never actually had a chance to sit down and actually like chill with you. But I passed you in the street. Meantime, like, there's Bobby. There he's going to a gig. Yep. So, so yeah. Such is life. <laughs> Two drummers in one room. This is going to get fun. Yeah. You got a whole rhythm section going and on I'm here. And I'm unmedicated, so who knows what's about to and happen. I'm a little medicated. <laughs> and I'm back in the gym, so I'm hype and ready to go. So let's go. skip the gym today, but that's okay. I'll be back the next couple. Brian, uh, go ahead and tell the people who you are, how you got to Nashville, what you do, and, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, man. Um, as you all know, my name is Brian Russell Collins. I came to Nashville in November of 2015. I've been here so about seven years now. Um, when I moved here, um, I had just quit my job in Wilmington, North Carolina. I was a financial advisor. Gross. That, yeah. <laughs> and that's not what I majored in in college. My, my major in college was literally music, but I was like, eh, you know, I'm in North Carolina. There's no record labels coming here looking for me. There's no bands coming to look for me. So I was like, I'll just do it for fun. And, you know, that was just kind of my thing. And then a buddy of mine that lives here, his name is Brian Van Meter, a great songwriter. He's like, man, you need to come to Nashville. You're a good enough drummer. I think you can make it. And I'm like, well, all right. I got nothing to lose. No kids, no wife. So why the hell not? So quit my job, came here in November of 2015. And I realized real quick, very fast that I was not as good as I thought I was. So took a little bit of time to get kind of established. It took about two years um, when I got to Nashville to really kind of, you know, go through Broadway a little bit. And then once I uh, kind of got my bearings, it was kind of fun after the, a little while, you know, did, did the Broadway thing for almost four or five years and still play Broadway right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got pretty lucky. I got picked up by an artist by the name of Josh Grayson. I'm not sure if you all know him. I know Kyle's played with me a couple times with him. Yeah, we went on the road together with him. Um, Josh is an American American Idol alumni. Uh, he was on season two. Um, I was his band leader and drummer for two years. And then after that, I got picked up by a guy named Adam Sanders. Number one songwriter. He's written it for everyone, like Dustin Lynch, um, shoot, Cole Swindell. I mean, I, I could go, go on. I mean, he's got so many hits right now. And then uh, my current project right now, I'm with Dylan Carmichael, um, and it's been it's been great, man. It's been a great career so far, and you know I've, I got a lot of different projects that I do here in town, and it's been a lot of fun, man. So, and then I heard you guys doing this thing. I was like, ooh, this sounds cool. And then for some reason, people keep shouting me out. I'm like, okay, why? I'm not that cool, but cool. I'll come and come and have a convo. Why not? Because uh, people keep shouting you out because you're uh, very well known in this town for good reasons, man. I mean, you've helped out a lot of people, including myself, giving people gigs, getting people gigs and giving them opportunities because, 
you you needed people and and you like the people that you saw and i mean you're you're a great dude man you've you've done nothing but in my opinion help people out and so yeah everybody has nothing but good things to say about you dude i appreciate that and i appreciate that i mean the thing with that i mean i remember when i moved to town and when i tried to you know go through broadway you know I didn't. I had no help, and at the time, I had no idea how Nashville Gig Finder worked. And at the time, we yeah. didn't have that. Not so lame because we all saw the drama that went down between Nashville Gig Finder That's and so that. So stupid. It's still kind of funny to think about it because you just look back and laugh about it, and it's just it's still kind of funny to me. But you know, it's it was such a great tool, and I knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, "Oh, have you gone on Gig Finder?" I'm like, "What? Like Craigslist?" I'm like, no, Gig Finder on Facebook. I was like. There's a gig finder on Facebook? Okay. And then literally I was like, I got a little lucky and then it just started becoming word of mouth and people just were like, you know, get this guy, play this guy. And then as I started learning how Broadway worked, I was like, okay, well, I like country, but I come from a rock scene because that's mainly what I, I played a lot and I'm an emo kid, so go figure. Um, so I, I wanted to play with guys that, I wanted to do sets with, but still have fun, but also make money downtown, but still like kind of break it up from, you know, your traditional Broadway set. Yeah. So, and that's, that's what it kind of, kind of came about when I just started hearing about different people, different guys. Um, I forgot how Kyle and I uh, got linked up together. I think it's through Eric, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was the most weird random circumstance, but yes, it was through Eric um, I was playing at Mellow Mushroom, and it was the first time I'd ever met Eric. And he was he was the guitar player. I think we were playing for Zach Eddington, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Yeah. And you had run in, and I didn't know who the hell you were. And you just said something to me to say something to Eric. And it was a joke. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know this kid. I'm not saying it. And you were like, no, trust me. He'll love you if you do. And I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> and, um, you were like, dude, just just trust me. And I was Everything like, about this screams trap. Oh, <laughs> it, it, I, I remember this and now. So I turned and I said it to Eric. And he smiled real big. And he was like, thank you. And then Brian saying they're just laughing his ass off. Yeah. And so that's how I was introduced to Brian. And then it was... Probably a month or two later, I don't remember if I was filling in on a gig with you with you guys or if that's when I started doing the emo band with you guys. I don't really remember exactly when, but we did a gig together. Eric was on it. So, yeah, it was because of Eric Gannis that, that yeah. we all got entwined. But that was my first interaction with you, and it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that's that's normally how it goes with me. I, I, I always like to kind of push the limit when it comes to jokes with people and I'm surprised I haven't been shot yet. So <laughs> it, it, it eventually probably one day it's going to happen. Like when I play with Hayden Helms, which I listened to his podcast a couple days ago, like by far phenomenal podcast. Love that kid. Um, I, I try to push it with our show when I play with him and it's, it's funny now because we all try to do it mm-hmm. and it's just to see who can laugh the most out of it so and that's the thing i love about broadway it's like yes i I agree with what hayden said you know take music seriously but not yourself seriously um maybe it was the other way around i can't remember how he said it but if you don't have fun on stage when you're down there then it's kind of just a waste of time being down there i get we play music but 
you know, I, I love joking with the crowd. I love oh, yeah. messing with people. Cause like, if you oh, yeah. don't, you if, have to, yeah, you, you, we talked, we talked about this on a lot of the episodes here is like, you just, you have to involve yourself with the crowd, like not, not talk at them. You have to involve yourself with the mm-hmm. crowd. And that's one of the best ways to, to do it is through jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it makes absolutely. them feel special. Oh, absolutely. I mean, me, I'm going to find every which way to joke with somebody. Like last night we had a bunch of girls from New York and out of nowhere, I'm just messing with them and it's hysterical and they laughed about it. And then, you know, we play a song and then they, they have a good time. But again, you know, if you don't have fun out down there and you don't, you know, at least try to pull somebody in just through a joke or a toast or something, what's the point? Yep. You know, and that's just how, how I look at it. But you know, the thing is music to me, um, and I know it's such a cliche thing and I say about it all the time, but music is a lifesaver for a lot of people, my, myself included. Um, cause you know, I've battled a lot of uh, illnesses and stuff and music was that f- like that four point of like, Hey, this is what gets me through the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's why I do it. And that's what I love about it. So it's all the fun stuff that we get to do down here. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is, it's a universal language that speaks to everybody and it hits, we've again, stuff we've all talked about before, uh, listen to our previous podcast and you'll understand, but it's, it, it hits everybody different and at different times and things, things will happen in your life. And then you'll hear a song and you're like, wow, it just like at the right moment. Yeah. And it, it can really change your perspective on how you view things, how you're feeling. So it music is, is extremely impactful and that's, you know, us getting to play music every day down here for the tourists that come in town and like you, you, you see it, you see it when, when you're making an impact on somebody and they'll even come and tell you and it's one of the coolest feelings ever. And oh. there's nothing better than when you get a call for a gig on that night where you really need a gig, but don't understand that you need a gig. Yeah. And then you go and you feel like crap for whatever life reason and you start to play and it's just the most amazing night. You're playing with great people that you may have may or may not have ever met before and you have a phenomenal night and then you get home and you're like, yeah, you know what? Life sucks. It's not that bad though. Yeah, man. I will tell you, I had one of those gigs the other weekend, but last weekend, um, and you know, just going through a bunch of personal stuff and, uh, and I was in a really low spot and it was the craziest thing, man. Cause I just, I took this gig randomly. I'd played with the guy a few times before it was fun. And I was like, ah, it's the venue. I don't really care a whole lot for, but I'll do it anyways. I kind of need the money, whatever. And I show up to the gig, I get out of my car. I have no, none of my gear. Oh, I, I remember left my this. gear in my driveway. Oh no. So, and like I got there early. I sat in the parking garage for 20 minutes thinking that just, he had his yeah, gear. I was just chilling. <laughs> just, I thought I, I'd remember bringing it out to my truck. So, like, I thought it was in there. And I, I get out, I open the back seat, it's not there. And I immediately remember I was like, I set it down and then just got in my truck. So, it's just sitting in my driveway. So, I texted the guys. It was like five minutes before the gig. We were supposed to be there. Thankfully, I lived really close to downtown. Made it back here, grabbed my stuff, got to downtown, and all of a, and it's ten o'clock at night. So at this point, it's about ten ten. Traffic everywhere. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I get to my parking garage that I park at every week. I had left that parking garage. I was there already. There, I went back in there. It was on fire. There was a jeep that had caught on fire in there. So like, I now have to navigate, go all the way around Broadway, like find a whole another parking garage where I have a discount to and. It was just this big, big old pain in the butt. I was almost, I was like 40 minutes late. 
like running in. They're already playing without me. And so I like run in, set up the sound guy thing. I don't remember his name, but man, he couldn't have been nicer and more helpful. He was cool as hell. And he got me set up and rolling. And dude, once I like, and I was freaking out, freaking out. I already had a terrible weekend day and I was just freaking out. I was late. I was like, this dude's never going to hire me again. Like these are good paying gigs. I like, I need this. Yeah. Um, we rocked the gig. It was one of the best gigs I've had in the last couple of months. It was awesome. The crowd was incredible. Stayed there the whole night. We made decent money. Um, but the show was just, it was one of those for me. Like I left there just on this, just high. Yeah. And I was like, man, I needed this so bad. Those are always the best gigs. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, is with all those circumstances, he has hired me weekly for gigs now. So that's I awesome. somehow kept the gig and that's, uh, that's, that makes me really happy. That's awesome, but, man. Yeah, it was just, the bright side to all of us doing this is we've all had nights like that where we've severely screwed the pooch five, and been an hour downtown, late or whatever. Five years downtown, weekly, and I've never forgot gear until that time. So funny story. Um, so this is the opposite of what you like. I didn't get to a burning car, but so I had played the night before um, down at Honky Tonk Central, which I rarely do. Like it's got to be with someone I really, really like to, mm-hmm. for me even to play the Tootsie Circuit. Hopefully I don't get yelled at for talking shit. Um, so I played the night before. I broke all my gear down. I was beyond tired. And I was like, all right, I got to go home. And when I got home, you know, passed out the next morning, waking up, setting my kid up because I had to start getting ready for tour rehearsals. So I get half the gear out, out of the box and setting everything up. So I go to get my drum pedal and I'd play a DW double pedal. And I opened, I picked it up. I was like, why is this bag so fucking light? And I'm like, oh, no. Open it up. The pedal's not there. Mm-hmm. So I'm backtracking my steps. Now, again, Honky Tonk Central, I played on a Saturday night, and I played on the second floor. Mm-hmm. So the next like the next day, you know, I don't know my shit's at home and and not there. And most of the time, like, you know how downtown is. Yeah, if something's you, left, it ain't Especially in that circuit, you leave something, it's just gone. Yeah. So I'm freaking out. I call the guy that I played with. It's like, dude, can you call the sound engineer so he can find out and go see if my pedal's there? I was like, please, for the love of God, somebody just put it off to the side because Mm -hmm. a lot of guys don't play double pedals downtown because I get the whole thing. Oh, it's not real drumming. If you play a double pedal, shut up, you know, (laughs) double pedal for me is I I don't use it like I normally do. It's more mainly for accents or big tags or stuff like that. Or if I'm playing emo, then, you know, you got a lot of different double pedal stuff that you do. So I rush downtown and I'm literally speeding. I'm going 90 miles an hour down 65. I'm like, blazing through downtown i get to honky tonk central in second floor had been closed all day and i get up there in my pedal still on the drum set and i'm like nice i am one lucky ass guy mm-hmm. dang yeah <laughs> you you really are because <laughs> i'm like that shit never happens like most of the time that shit's it gone. Would be gone yeah absolutely gone there I have seen lately, though, man, a lot of gear being left and even within that circuit and people are posting up and be like, hey, this is I found this so and so it's with the sound engineers or where behind the bar or whatever. 
So that's really cool, man. This community really has lately been looking out for each other. But that's true. That I agree. It's still, it still does happen. People still are shady little jackasses and will steal your stuff. So you still got to be careful. I mean, I remember when I moved to town, like people were leaving stuff left and right mm-hmm. and they were gone. And, yeah. But yeah, like now, you know, you'll, I'll see a post here and there and I'll be like, oh, okay, that's really cool that someone's like letting them know, hey, I left this there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the community, I've, I've noticed it's because we all know how uh, Nashville is. It changes every year yes like who knows what this summer is going to be like because mm-hmm. like when we came back from covid and when they opened the floodgates i feel like it never stopped yeah it didn't man i did i was doing like 16 gigs a week 17 yeah. 18 gigs i mean i i was somewhere around 60 gigs a month and there was no ramp up it was just nothing to everything <clears throat> yeah. all was, at once it was like hey we're cut we're we're opening up everything and then bam and we're mm-hmm. just like, oh shit! It felt like when the draft was here. Yeah, but every freaking day. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was insane. And it's just it's crazy, just like how much the community has changed since I've been here. Um, I'm 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 all about community. I'm all about helping each other out. That's why I still, even though I'm not much of a presence on Broadway like I used to be, it's it's about helping the guys that are down. Absolutely. Like, it's like, hey, you're not, you don't have a gig. Well, hey, look, I can find you somebody. No problem. Mm-hmm. That's what it should be about. Instead of it being, oh, well, if you're not in my clique, I don't want, I don't want you playing with me. Fuck that. Who cares about mm-hmm. cliques and bullshit like that? At the end of the day, we're here all doing the same thing. We're all doing. We all came here to make music, to play music, mm-hmm. and sometimes that, you know, what we do here turns into a dream that we've fought so hard for. And that's something I've always kept in back of my mind that dreams are never out of reach, no matter if you're playing on Broadway or if you're playing to a massive stadium or if you're playing at the Grand Ole Opry. You know, I always, always say that to every musician in town, like no matter where you're at, you can accomplish that dream no matter what you're doing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. And, and never feel that. Uh, it never feel that if just because you're playing Broadway that you don't get to that next level, don't feel that you failed because at the end of the day, you're making a living. Let's say my dream was to always just play music for a living. Yeah. I same. didn't really care necessarily. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to be on a stadium tour, be signed with a big band and all that. That would be phenomenal. I know a couple guys, but the fact that I get to get up every day and go play music for people that want to hear it, that are enjoying it. it that is a dream come true. Like yeah. It, I, I'm so blessed and lucky to get to this. I've had every other job in the book. I, you know, I went to college and got a degree and, and did all that stuff. And it was not, n- nothing I ever wanted to do. And so like getting to come here and I even told my mom this, like when we first came here, I was like, Oh, I could never do this. I could never play for four hours. I could never, didn't th- I didn't think it was possible just because I was like, I don't have these skills. But after being here and working with all these people and people like you and a bunch of others and helping me out, like it's given me that opportunity and chance. And I've turned what was a dream into an absolute reality. Yeah. And that's amazing. Like I would, I, w- I don't think I'd give this up for anything. Oh, same. I mean, 
you know, at my I'm not age. not good at anything else. Oh, shit. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, shit. Like, everyone always says, well, you could go back to banking if you wanted to quit. Why the fuck would I want to do yeah, that? Yeah, everybody's like, you could go back to teaching, or you could go back working in a warehouse. Like, because I used to do a bunch of warehouse jobs and used to teach and stuff. And, like, no, I left all that because I hated it. Like, yeah. I, I hated it. And I, I, I do. <laughs> I hate it. I don't want to put a tie on every day. No, you know, man. I like sleeping in till now I sleep till nine because my cat likes to wake me up early in the morning. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's I never thought I'd be a cat dad. It's really funny. But it going to Kyle's house a bit, I would torture his cat. So I figured I'd get my own. You didn't torture my cats. You love the hell out of my cats. I don't did. even. But I still tortured one of them once. <laughs> I would always poke one and they just look at me like, what the hell are you doing? But now, like, that's the thing. Like, at my age, I always tell people, it's like, yeah, I might be in my 40s, but, you know, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. You know, music doesn't have an age limit at no. all. At all. You can play music until you're fucking 100 years old if your hands can still withstand it. Yeah. And you I mean, know when look I look at, at look at Willie Nelson, come no on, shit, like, the dude's still going, still still playing shows and writing and doing what he can, and and he's great to watch. Like I I was never a big Willie fan, but when I got to see him live, I was like respect, like massive yeah. respect for what that guy does. Now, if you're trying to see somebody who like sings and plays perfectly, don't go. That Willie is not your dude. Willie is a songwriter, but just his shows are awesome. Yeah. Like he tells stories and jokes and it's just, it's a good time. You literally forget about everything. Oh yeah, man. And you know, talking about like everyone doing this for a living, like both of you, I've watched, I've watched both of you guys. I mean, you guys kill it every damn day. I mean, I, I know we don't know each other really well. Um, uh, Bobby, I gotta say it for the people. Yeah, uh, exactly, I, I know you. What you about? I was like, I, was like, we I know, know, I know you well. very well, Cal. So yeah. yeah, there's my there's my south my South Park thing. Um, but you know, I've I knew about you, mm-hmm. and like I I saw your name everywhere, and I saw you playing. I was like, man, this guy's kicking a major ass. And then, like, I remember when COVID happened, I think, like, you got really sick during COVID. I did. It hit me early on. Yeah, like, really bad. I remember seeing the interview about mm-hmm. that. I was like, oh, shit. I hope this guy gets back out there. And, dude, ever since ever since then, man, you've been killing it. Been trying. Uh, you ain't trying. You're doing it. Like, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle and I, when we played together, um, you know, we did the emo band thing. That was a, a big thing I wanted to do for a long time. And... Did not even think it would stick because, you know, you try to do an emo night downtown Nashville. And at that time, country was still really kind of prominent downtown. Rock and pop were not really your Mm -hmm. really your places to really play. The only time I would ever see pop and rock at all was either uh, at Nudie's, maybe sometimes Tin Roof. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the one thing I loved about working at Tin Roof. Like they kind of let me get away with anything. And I was like, hey, look. Let's do emo night. They're like, you think it'll work? I'm like, well, ain't, ain't gonna ain't gonna know until we try it, right? And then, I mean, it went strong for you know three years, and then you know it just got it just got a lot because it's that that's a lot of material to learn. It was it, it was a lot. I remember when I when I joined that band with you guys, man. Like I sat down there, and it's it's so different than playing country music. Country music has patterns; they're really easy to follow. Emo and pop punk does not. Some of no, the songs they have parts. to do, but <laughs> yeah. there are legit parts and intros and outros, like all these hits and stops and 
buildups and dropouts and I mean there's just so much going on and like I I actually probably three or four days ago came across my notes that I had on my phone for the very yes. first emo gig and it had all the numbers and different like it, 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 I had so much on that phone I was like wow I can't believe I did that like, yeah it was but you you killed that gig I mean you you came in and when we hired you I was like Man, this guy's got the look. He's got the feel, and I think he can kill it. And dude, like when you when you came in on that first gig, you absolutely I felt like it was like a flawless gig. Like, oh, it was not. But thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, it was. But so you know. as long as the guy hiring you, thinks hey, that, yeah, you're good. No, I mean, they hired me back and kept doing it, and it, it was great, man. Like, I'm I'm very grateful for that because it. I grew up playing listening to that stuff and then when i came here i've I've said it before on another podcast like i had to learn all country and the top 40 and i wasn't playing any of that i wasn't really listening to it anymore because i was every time i was in my car i was listening to the stuff that i needed to learn and so getting to like go back to that was such a breath of fresh air for me and it was i'm so grateful for that yeah (laughs) man absolutely and it it taught me a lot about like just where i was as a player because i was like oh i'll never learn all these songs and then within like two weeks i had the set list down and like good to go like yeah i still had to i still had to have some notes here and there because it was it was like close to 90 songs yeah i mean and we did four hours of that shit man that's another thing. I, those first two gigs with you guys, I was so dead. Mm-hmm. So dead. I was tired because it was just nonstop. Yeah. Nonstop because you're, you're not taking requests. Like, yeah, if someone happens to request something that was on the set list, we did it, but we weren't taking requests. We were just putting on a show. Yeah. And so we were just song to song to song to song, quick break. Song to song, 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 quick break. Man, I was dead. And again, these was, aren't like simple slow chill songs all like fast, you're you're throwing in every song We're all running around rocking out head banging screaming yelling just i mean putting on a show like for four hours like when you're a drummer and here's one thing i have never understood and i did it one time and i will i don't think i'll ever do it again i don't know how drummers downtown do a quad I've never done one. I, I've done a triple, and that hurts for days. Dude, I can't like, do a quad. I did a quad one time, and this was like back in 2017 when I was finally getting you know my rounds around uh, Broadway and figuring out how it worked. And everyone's like, "Oh, you know, if you do quads, you're gonna make this much money." Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "Okay, I like money. I don't want to have to." Yeah, you could you could make a thousand dollars in a day. Yeah, but man, the next day. Uh, I, I hated life, and by the time we were nearly done for the night, because mm-hmm. this was when Crazy Town was here, and I did like a double at Crazy Town, and then my first show is it like God God rest its soul. I miss Crazy Town. That was such a fun place. Um, then there was then I did it at Tootsie's, which we're not going to talk about that. And I think I did a Tin Roof gig, and then by the time we were done, my hands were like swollen. Mm-hmm. I was like, How in the hell do guys do this? So I, I learned very quickly as like, well, if I want to, if I want to like keep playing and be able to do all these shows with people, I got to kind of toughen it up. Yeah. And you said it best, Kyle, like Broadway is boot camp. It yeah. really is. Like if you can, yes. if you can survive Broadway, you can survive any gig. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, thankfully, like, even though I, I tour now on a bigger scale, I, I don't. 
look down upon Broadway at all. I I still love going and playing down there, mm-hmm. like because it's it's so much fun to me. Because even though I play country on the road, I get to go kind of flex that muscle with the rock stuff I get to do. And I only really play with one guy now, which is Hayden. And what's whenever Sam is out, so I'll get a chance to play with Hayden. And playing with Hayden, you know, I I learned a lot from the past few years playing on Broadway how much my pocket sucked. Mm-hmm. And when I learned to play just in the in the backbeat and just kind of lay back, I was like, okay, this is what people are talking about. Yeah, you're a good drummer. You're flashy. But, you know, if you want to get on that bigger gig, you know, don't, don't be too damn flashy. Yeah. But then when I started playing with Hayden, I started realizing, okay, so this is the pocket that they're talking about. And, you know, I've been playing drums ever since I was a kid, but, you know, I'm self-taught, so I never took any lessons or learned how to play to a click. You know, I learned it all on my own, which is not a terrible thing. No, not at all. If anyone has that ability to do that, then, hey, by all means, do it. Um, But, of course, I tell people if you want to get proper training and you really want the fundamentals of drumming, of course, take lessons. Mm -hmm. There's there's nothing wrong with taking lessons. I mean, even myself, I'm I'm still learning stuff every day. You know, you never stop learning. And but I tell you, like playing with Hayden shaped me way better now as a drummer than I've ever been. And now being in the gig with Dylan Carmichael, both both of those guys have shaped me to be the drummer that I am now. And it's. And it's incredible, like the inspirations that you'll get from your artists that you play with. That's, oh yeah, for it's really sure. cool, man. So do you? I have this thing. So like every probably three years, I hit this like mindset of okay. So the last three years, I thought I was taking music and drum seriously, but like now I'm really taking it seriously. Yeah. And then about three years later, it's like okay. So I thought I was really taking it seriously, but now I'm like a new level. Like I'm figuring this shit out for real. And then about three years later, yeah. it's like, okay, so... It's a cycle, man. I didn't know what I was doing before, but now I got it. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Like, I will tell you, once I, once I started getting on artist gigs, I started realizing that I had to change the way I played. Mm-hmm. Because if I realized if, if you want to stay on that gig, you're going to have to play how the artist wants. Yeah. And, you know, I remember going into the Josh Grayson gig. And the funny thing, I was a big fan of Josh Grayson. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to get on this gig. And when I started playing like I was playing with Josh, he's like, you're going to have to cut that shit out. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I was like, <laughs> but I thought you liked that. And he's like, uh-uh. I'm like, okay. So, but yeah, like even from that gig till now, I mean, I'm constantly changing stuff and I'm constantly, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I liked how my playing was here, but man, I really could tighten this up right here. Mm. Because I mean, there's you're you're always trying to perfect what you did, you know, even a month ago. Yeah. Like right now, my biggest thing, I'm still diving into Ableton because I run Ableton on the road, and that's a huge thing. And I'm no master at that by no means. I just know how to hit the pad and it starts. And so as long as it's all set yeah, up, yeah. As long as it's good, good, we're good. And then as long as the click is still running and the backing tracks are good, we're solid. But I mean, you never stop trying mm-hmm. to improve at all. I mean, and it goes with any instrument, even if you're a drummer, a bassist, a guitarist, or a singer, you always want to improve more. And when my tour manager said it best, when you stop thinking you need to improve, then you've lost already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I take that shit very seriously. Like I'm always wanting to learn from somebody. 
Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, I want to see what other techniques someone's doing. And I want to see what other drummers have got to offer that could offer to my playing. Like, I've, there's so many drummers downtown that I look at and I'm like, holy shit, you're a badass. Like, one, Chuck Miracle. I'm not sure if y'all know Chuck, but Chuck played with a guy uh, named Jerry Jacobs. Their band was called Summer 97, and Chuck was my old roommate. That kid is... Oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah. Chuck is unbelievable. And he doesn't play much downtown now, um, but he still plays when he does. But that kid, I learned so much from him just living with him. You oh, know, I bet. Just like my rudiments. Like, I sucked at rudiments. I couldn't do a paradiddle to save my damn life. I was like, do a paradiddle. That's the only thing I knew how to do with it. But living with him, like, showed me, oh, here's how you're going to make your, you know, your singles, your doubles, your triples sound so much better on the drums mm-hmm. i'm like i never thought of that and then he's like well you know also try this with playing to a click like i've had no problem playing with a click but i never play with a click downtown ever yeah because i feel like if i play to a click downtown i'm gonna just kind of just be a slave oh, yeah. to the click i i will i'll have to interject there i can't stand it when guys play with clicks because one before every single song, they have to take the time to figure out the tempo and, and, and set it. Two, it does take away from that live, fun feel. Like mm-hmm. Broadway is supposed to just be a party. It really is. Exactly. And when you try to make it so polished, it takes away from that experience, from what I have personally experienced in those situations. There is a big difference yes. between Broadway and touring guys. Yes. There's a yes. very big difference. Like, Broadway is, I tell anybody anytime that I go out, because a lot of people know that I tour, Broadway is a way for me to, one, work on my chops, but to have fun Mm -hmm. and to let loose. My touring gig is be disciplined, play to what your artist wants, play to the song. And that's great because you get the best of both worlds because you get to have your fun time and you get to work on your chops, but also you're still being disciplined with your artist that helps you lock in that pocket. 10 mm-hmm. times better. And when you're running tracks and stuff like that, like yeah, that's a completely different situation. Oh, absolutely. Like, and I'll tell you the thing also too, like a lot of people need to realize that these bigger guys are not afraid to come play Broadway at mm-hmm. all. Um, I know Will, you guys talked to about Will. So Will and I did um, the, actually almost a year ago, the Taylor Hawkins tribute. Yes. When we put that together. Which was fantastic. That was, one, an unbelievable task how we pulled that off. I have no idea how we pulled it off, but we pulled it off. And the guys that were on it, I mean, you know, we had Rich Redman. We had yes. Jim Riley, which blew the show away. Mm-hmm. Like, we all were just like, oh, okay, it's Jim. He's going to come and play something chill and then plays Run, and you're just like, what the hell just happened there? You're yeah. Like, oh, that's not chill. Dang. <laughs> oh, dude. Like, he completely killed it. But Dude knows his shit. <laughs> like, the thing is, these guys knew where they came from. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I always tell every musician. Don't forget where you come from when you started Broadway. Like, I will never, ever turn my back on it. I will always say Broadway is a great tool to have, even if you don't play it as much. Yeah. Because I still see bigger guys down there. I still see Sean Fuller playing mm-hmm. at Mill and Mushroom. And Sean plays for Tyler Hubbard. Yeah. But you never you never are too big to play Broadway, no matter what. And like now I don't I don't know if you guys have seen now, we're doing another big one. Um and it's gonna be in March. This time we're we got way more drummers and 
now we have more bassists and guitarists and singers. Now we're doing a Rage Against the Machine tribute. I did see that. So, yeah, that's that's about to be a headache. But hey, you know, we're all we're all about just having fun, man, and that's what it's all about. You know, and if you don't have fun and do these little things and have you know different tribute shows or do an emo night or shit if you want to do a polka night downtown fuck it do it who cares somebody please do a polka night downtown please i'm Dude. still waiting for my pop punk disney night <clears throat> you should can... you should have never said that because i will make that shit happen <laughs> dude, <laughs> we can... dude i'm Bro. there for that i'm all about I, it i will let's, be your right hand little let's go i'm down dude pop, pop punk, punk disney is I'm the so shit down. dude could you imagine let it go in a day to remember timing that would just make my day. Oh my god! So or you just, gotta just going to the let it go and like going to this like heavy halftime. <laughs> oh my god! And, yes, and of all people, you amazing. could you could see singing it and playing it and doing it would be Will Beeman. Y- yeah, oh, I yes. mean, I could see Will right now dressed up like Elsa, and he would do it. Yeah, Start the whole yeah, show would. screaming, "Do you want to build a snowman?" And he would do <laughs> it. Oh my god. Well, yes. between between him and Eric and Trent, I mean, they would they would do it all. It's just hysterical. I you just gave me a great idea, so thanks, buddy. Dude, I I will be like your right hand man. Oh, dude, we'll, we'll, I will we'll, do everything. We'll put that shit together. I'm all about that, man. So, so, so I want to ask you a little bit more about Broadway before we jump on over to some of the touring questions I have for you. Yeah. So we haven't touched at all. That by the way, Brian sings while he plays drums too. Because he's one also, of those assholes. He's also a guy that, like, <laughs> we have just straight up pulled up on stage and be like, hey, you're going to sing uh, this Fallout Boy song or this pop punk song for us. And he'll just straight front the show, too. So he doesn't just play drums. The dude can sing very, very well. Thanks, buddy. Which uh, brings me into the next point of you do your own solo stuff, too. Yeah. Like, where you write and you sing and you play on it. And, um, the the first EP you put out was awesome. I, I love it. Man. It was it was in my truck for the long. I don't have a CD player in my truck now, but my last truck before it blew up, uh, it was in that CD player pretty constantly. Thanks, man. On, on heavy rotation, and I know by the time this podcast comes out, his new single will already be released. But you're releasing a new single this Friday. Yeah. Um. So what I did with my my EP, um when I released it, you know, cause we were in the middle of COVID, um, you know, I, I was doing like cover stuff too. Like you and I were working on a cover project and you know, it just never really came to light. And then at that time I started writing. And the thing is, I'm, I'm not just a drummer. Do I tell you remember our conversation I can't when remember. it was at the, I think it was when we were almost done air quotes done here. Yeah. Uh, with that cover album cover project that we were doing with you. Um, I'm I I think it, I think it was a phone call. I called you and we were talking and I was like, "Why don't you do your own album? Like why why are you not releasing your own music?" And you're like, "I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> but well, we we had a we had a good like 20-minute conversation. I was like, "Bro, I really think that you you should work on doing I think I was album. just always scared to put like my own thoughts out there and let people like hear how vulnerable I was. Yeah. Cuz like I, that, I get that. Cuz that whole <laughs> right? album you know, a lot of it was songs that I had written a long time ago. And, you know, there was a lot of touchy subjects on that album. And, but I was like, man, why not? Let's give it a shot. And I used Trent Hollingsworth, actually, that was the producer for that. And oh, okay. not only is Trent a hell of a bass player and a singer, but 
the kid can produce and the album came out great so what I did with that album, I, I released it, but it didn't really kind of get the traction I wanted to. And at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not trying to be a solo artist. I just like to put out music. Just that, that's it's for me. It's for fun. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you want to always do something that makes you happy and musically. And you know, I love playing drums. Drums is my first love, but singing and writing is something that was always instilled to me when I was younger. Um, because I'm a very big fan of a guy named Huey Lewis in the news and I get a lot of shit for that. But <laughs> you know, a lot of my inspirations came from his singing and his writing. So I started writing my own stuff and then I put, I put the album out. It didn't get the traction that I thought it would because I, I had put so much of my money into it. Well, actually, I put my COVID money into it. So Fair at, enough. The, at the end of the day, when I was getting that COVID money, I was like, here you go. Um, so what I had decided to do, I, I pulled the music down and then I started re-releasing it as a single because I, I figured uh, the whole algorithm thing was no one cares about one big album anymore. Right. And so now I'll just release it as singles. So I started re-releasing it as singles. Um, I, I re-released the stuff off the album. I put a new song out too that I wrote and it's just stuff that I like to have fun with. And after this cycle with all the stuff, I'm still writing. I may put some out. Um, it just really depends on my time because right now, like, tour's starting to start up and I'm starting to get really busy. My brain's about to explode. But other than that, you know, I always still, still love putting solo stuff out and playing and singing behind the drums downtown. You know, it's, it's fun. And the reason why I started doing it, because I didn't want to do it, but everyone told me if you want to get hired downtown, as a drummer, you're going to have to sing. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, sure. And then it just kind of, kind of stuck with it. And then, then I started learning how to scream and stuff downtown. And then, then that kind of freaked a little people out. And then now we have Will Beeman. Now it's normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you hear it all the time. Now, now we have Will Beeman. That's all I got to say. We'll, I will talk about Will all day long because I love that kid. Congratulations, but. Will. You broke Nashville. Yeah, yeah did, man. You, you are the reason everybody does this. Everybody loves you. I hope you know that. Will. You're, you're welcome, you're Will. And Will, it, soon it's going to be people are going to start wearing pants like you where they're both one side solid color. The next side is going to be checkered. So what are you looking at me for? <laughs> Gee, I want Yeah, it's, it's going to be Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I was man, I've been doing it before. Will was say it's not gonna be Kyle. It, it is, Kyle. is already me. Yep. I mean, and he's got the different shoes to match the different sides of the pants. I do. I do. Man, uh, I, I I can see that. I hundred percent do. I hundred percent do. It's awesome. I'm jealous of Kyle's fashion. I am too. I wish I had hair that I could have him. <laughs> I don't have hair. I just have it on my face. So. You know. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we need to get a camera in here. Yeah, so I know. Can so everyone shit. can see so, all the stupid. Well, the podcast has made $20, so we're $20 on our way to a camera. Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. If anybody wants to help fund us to get like a GoPro or something so we can put up here and do live streaming, please help us out. We There, we there should it. be a link in the I'll, notes I'll, on I'll the show. Even, where guys, you can, I'll even donate one for you these can guys. Donate. Come on. <laughs> Help these guys, dude! You could get the ring camera and just like do it like that. That'd be funny. You as know, shit. I just gave you an idea. Yeah, you I? do. <laughs> <laughs> Until you hear the bing bong. <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, I I I have some ring cameras, so it, it might work. But then I was thinking, I was like, no, it's 
it, it lags too much. It, it, does. it wouldn't be as clear. Be but awkward. We, we definitely. But with iPhones now, like the newer iPhones, dude, you could film a damn movie with those. Damn yeah, things. I mean, I, I we we could use mine. I've thought about that, but I also do take pictures and stuff with mine and post stuff as we're doing this. Like I've already put up a story and everything, so that kind of oh, stops popular. me. That we kinda, hope you're popular. I'm trying. You need to make us popular. I'm trying, man. I'm not that popular. I, I, I'm glad that people think I am, but I'm really not. I'm just a guy it's, that it's loves not even a, It's not even a popular thing. It's just a respect thing, man. And, oh, yeah. Uh, that's something that I've really learned doing this podcast was like how much everybody in town does really respect everybody and like yeah. your words and your motions, your actions, everything you do, how you treat the staff at the bars, how you treat the yeah. patrons, how you treat the players, everybody is going to have an impact on you. And um, like you've definitely had, have had a positive impact on a lot of these players and guys downtown. And I appreciate and, that. Um, you know, I, it, it's, it's wonderful that, to have such a tight knit and just like family community. Yeah, it, it really is. Well, I mean, I tell everybody too, I'm like, you know, and I appreciate the shout outs and I appreciate people thinking of me, but you know, like, I just, I do it because at the end of the day, it's like, I wish somebody did that for me when I moved into town. Yeah. Because when I moved into town, I had no help. It was like, here you go. Have at it. Have fun. Good luck. Sink or swim. Mm -hmm. And now there's new guys that are coming in every day. And I mean, it's like, if these kids need help, I don't mind helping. And it's not that it's to feed an ego or anything like that. It's nothing about that. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't really give a shit about ego. But, you know, it's more about getting these guys in the right spot. Or girl. You know, there's there, there's girl musicians that come in town that are badass guitar players and bass players oh, and man. drummers. I've, I've, I've met some of the most awesome female musicians Dude. in town. It's They're phenomenal. Leilani Kilgore. My God. That girl right there, the first time I met her, I was she like... She can fucking play. Like, bro. Wow. Like, when that girl... When I met her, I was like, who are you? Where did you come from? And how are you this badass? Yep. And still, like, still to this day, I, I ran into her from time to time because I think she's touring more now than she is downtown. And I'm like, girl, you just still just every time you play that guitar, it's like you were badass before. Now you're 10 times more badass than what you were. And that's just awesome to see because, like, Soon we're going to see kids coming downtown Broadway now. I, I will not put it past you. There will be one time that there's going to be like a 15, 16-year-old kid in that bar, and he's going to probably play circles around everybody. Yeah, his oh, name yeah. was Will. Oh, shit. You're right. You're right. My, my and bad. circle back to Will. And we're back. Will Beeman. And, oh, dude, I pissed him off. I, don't, I didn't piss him off, but I would always do something to fuck with him. Uh-huh. And when Yeah, we, I did, too. It was fun. Um, when we did after school special together, uh, we went up to Detroit and it, that was the coldest trip ever. So he was in the car and I kept singing the song from the movie, any given Sunday. And I was going, they call me Willie, Willie Beeman. And he <laughs> hated that. And, That's amazing. Oh dude, you should still do it. It's, it's still fun. Oh, I, I always mess with him. I always give him for shit for all the things that I've, I don't want to say put up with, but like, Will's had some moments when we've been on stage together that I will never let him live down. Oh, uh, every time I see him, we we talk about these. Not every time, but a lot of times, we'll, it'll come up on stage and stuff. We'll talk about it. But like you were saying, like you said, you didn't have like anybody here to, like really like help you out and like see so, like you're trying to 
like give that back to people. Yeah. Where me, I had the opposite effect. I was given nothing but opportunities and help and people trying to, to help push myself and my career here in town that like, that's, I want to give that back so bad. Like yeah. I've had so many opportunities and I get to work like with the whiskey jam roadshow circuit, man. I've been working with them for like five years now and they're phenomenal people. Yeah. And, um, they've given me opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And I try to do nothing but like give them good bands, bring them awesome artists. And I I'm grateful for that. But like this podcast, I never thought it would like really do anything, be anything. Not that it is, but uh, last week I had a gentleman come up to me and approach us directly mm-hmm. after the show. This and he was like, cool. it, it was, this was one of like the coolest things that ever happened to me. I'm not even gonna lie. So shout out to you, Marcus, for making me feel pretty fucking good about myself. Thanks man. Um, but he came up to me is like, Hey, uh, are you Kyle Thurkey? Are you the one that hosts the Nashville for nobody's podcast? Yeah. And I said, yeah, it's me. And Bobby was playing with us. So I said, yeah, it's me and my buddy, Bobby. It's actually his podcast. And, um, I was like, yeah, man, why? What's up? He's like, oh, I'm I'm friends of Hayden's and I I listened to his episode and then I just started binging every episode. And man, after listening to all your stuff, that's the reason why I had to come out here. I just I wanted to meet you guys and I just want to start meeting people because I haven't done Mm -hmm. that yet. And he goes, so you guys gave me that advice and that push to just go out and meet people. So I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Marcus. I play drums. I was like, cool, man. So how long you been playing? And he told me, and we, we talked for a few minutes. And I was like, what are you doing Thursday, tomorrow? And he goes, nothing. I was like, cool. Bobby and I are playing a gig at the Valentine, 8 to midnight. Do you have in-ears? And he said, yep. I said, bring your in-ears, and we'll take care of everything else. Yeah. I said, you send me a list of songs that you know how to play. And so later we talked on Facebook, and he sent me a list of songs. And I was like, cool, just come in tomorrow, and we'll have you fill in. Bro, That's he got awesome. in and played two songs. and like, Killed it. Killed yeah. it. Like, I, I never know what to expect in situations yeah, like that. Exactly. And this is the like this is exactly what you want when yeah. you when he, you have somebody come in and crushed in. it. Like it I great. didn't have to look and turn around at him to end a song, start a song. The only thing that I was I was like, Okay, you want to do this song? All right, cool. Let's play this one. And then he would start it and we'd go into it and just in the pocket. Yeah, as soon solid, as, as soon yeah, as he gets in, he's he's Everybody's gonna and that's all. Gonna want him. That's what I like. If anything comes from this podcast, that's what I want. I want people to have that chance, and yeah. that opportunity that we have all had. And because I know there are people downtown that like they don't want people to sit in there. You know, they're, they're especially like the later shifts and stuff. And it's not quite how it used to be, where it was just yeah, come up and play. Like a lot of yeah. people use in ears now, and mm-hmm. you know, like. You, you don't have any ears. You can't hear anything. Right. You don't want to just share that stuff because it's gross. And so, like, I, I oh, get my that. ears are awful. I yeah, would never want too. somebody never, else to never have to wear do my in ears. <laughs> got a Q-tip, bro. Let's go. <laughs> but um, you know, so like, I'm so grateful. Like, this is like people have heard this that are outside mm-hmm. of our community, and it's yeah. given some opportunities and some insight to. And even like our peers do. that I have a lot of respect for are like texting me or in yeah, between man, shows. I think what like, you guys are doing I'm is checking right. out the podcast. We're loving it, and I'm like, well, I mean, you're, it's not for you. You shouldn't listen to me <laughs> talking about us. <laughs> what both of y'all are doing with this podcast, and what I take from it, because like when I get to listen to different people and. um like kind of hear like their experiences and their stories. You're giving people an opportunity to really think about the music industry and also mm-hmm. think about coming here. And I tell anybody, Hey, come, 
come on out yes. here. Get out here. If you are a musician, you want to do it, get your ass out here. Mm-hmm. What's stopping you? And I love the fact that, that you guys are giving those people opportunities to come out here. Like the Marcus story. That's that's awesome. And he's a great dude. Oh, yeah. He's, like, like, he's one of Hayden's boys. Dude. I actually met him the other night. I've hung out with him twice so now cool. since that. And like, I went to, to dinner with him and, and Ty Swallow and... Like Ty. We, Ty's a great guy, man. Well, well, now I gotta hang out with him, damn. Oh, you'll yeah. love Ty. He's beating me man. to it. Yeah, yeah. We we went and had dinner the other night and hung out, man. The three of us and just sat there and talked and and yeah. Marcus is a great dude, a great person, like we want in the community, and so definitely. Um, I don't know how to say his last name, or I would. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. Um, dude, we should get him L- on the Lado? podcast in like a month or Marcus, so, Marcus like you should. to that because it'll be fresh and he can talk about like like his the experiences. details of and that's in. so great too. And like I, I wish to be honest with you, we had this podcast when I moved here. Oh I, yeah, I, I would have, I would have listened to it. I've been like, ooh, that's cool. Okay, I know that now. Don't go to that bar. No one likes that bar. Yeah, and I, I wish I knew that. I mean, I know that you're, you're. Everyone's gonna make make mistakes. Absolutely. Everyone's going to make mistakes. You're going to come into town not knowing a set list and you just want to get a gig. Or you're going to be on a gig for a long time and you just do something that your bandmates don't like and you fuck up and you don't talk to each other for a little bit. I've done that. Yep. I'll be the first to tell everybody. Same. I mean, like I've I've had my moments where I didn't think I was going to play for a while and then I had to really think back and like, okay, well, I could have done this better. Let's go forward and you know do it better this time. And I will say all the bands I played with, you know, even with Kyle and everybody that I've played with on Broadway and just even coming up has shaped me to be where I'm at in my touring career. Mm -hmm. Because with without these guys, I don't think I would be the musician I am today. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm still learning. And I'm I'm the same way, man. There's so many people that I've played with and they've like straight up like pulled me aside after gigs or even during gigs like, hey, uh, don't play like that. (laughs) Yeah. Do this. And. You know, um, I brought up Bo Tackett and um, Philip DeSteiger. They both play for Blake Sheldon. I got to play. Bo was my next door neighbor for years, and um, I got to play with both of them at Legends on a Monday shift for a good like eight or nine months. And those two guys taught me so much. Oh yeah, and I'm so grateful for them. And I mean, s- several of the people that I've played with in town have taught me a lot, and I'm. I've said this, I think I said it on, on Dalton's episode, but I was talking about, you know, like I came here because I wanted to better my craft because where I was at, it just wasn't going to happen. Same. Like without going to school and paying bukus of money, I wasn't going to be able to truly better my craft. Yeah. I can sit inside and I can work up my chops and scales and all that, but like that's such a small percentage. Yeah, you music. actually got to be out there playing. Yeah. I was already playing shows. Like I already knew how the the stuff worked. So like to come and here and learn from these guys and get myself set up for success instead of failure has been such a blessing. Absolutely. So like whatever I can do to return that favor. And again, I know I'm not the greatest player in the world, and I'm I'm perfectly fine. With that. I, I love what I are. do, but whatever insight I can give or opportunities I can give to somebody in this town. I want to, because I'm not going to be doing what I'm, I'm not going to be playing that street forever. I know that Yeah. other opportunities and things are going to come in my life that I will chase and, and, and go for. Yeah. But like, there's going to be somebody else coming up behind us. So if I can leave just a little bit of insight for somebody coming in to be like, Oh, okay. So this is what this town is like. Because like you said, when I came here, I didn't, 
besides me coming for vacation prior, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And when I got here and actually got involved within the scene and I started touring before I did Broadway, I kind of did it the backwards way. Right. Um, I did touring first and then got into Broadway and I wish I would have done it the opposite. I, yeah. I think if I mm-hmm. had done Broadway first, I would have be way farther at far farther than where I'm at right now. Um, but, but that's a, that's a, that's, you could, you can say that, but you know, I know guys that move in the town that have never played Broadway a day in their life, but jumped on a touring gig right when they moved here, Yeah, but they had no musical experience. So, I mean, it, it's, it's it's a weird balancing act, you yeah. know how how it works. Whether you start a Broadway or you start touring when you get here, I mean, I wish I could have started touring when I got here, but I think if I wouldn't have started playing Broadway, I don't think I'd be touring now. So speaking of touring, mm-hmm. so you started. You said you started playing Broadway first, yeah, and then you went into touring, mm-hmm. and now you primarily do the touring, yeah. Um, how? Walk us through that transition, yeah, like, you, like how you went from Broadway to touring and like the differences and. Well, I will tell you when I, I was still on Broadway, I was still touring, but I wasn't touring a lot. So my very first touring artist I moved in when I moved into town, um, actually Eric Gannis and I played, actually Eric Gannis, myself and Corey Scott played with him. Um, his name was Lee Gant and we kind of started touring with him, uh, Kind of taught me a lot, you know, of what an artist really needs and what they're looking for. So I I realized that, you know, I had to make a transition of, okay, so I got to listen to what an artist wants and how they want their show, how they want, you know, everything to move. So I had to kind of change a lot of my playing styles. But when I went from Lee, I went to Josh Grayson. So I was like, okay. So I went from a low-level touring artist guy to a bigger touring artist guy. Um, and when you kind of start stepping up that next level, that's when the pressure starts coming on. And But the thing is, the pressure is good. That's what I tell everybody. You, you When you get into a big touring gig, if you don't have pressure and you walk into it, it's like, eh, I'm okay. Then you're not going to be on that gig long. I promise you that I've seen guys get on a touring act and they were too cocky and literally in two days they were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so transitioning from, you know, Lee to Josh was totally night and day because now you're like, okay, you're playing songs that are number one hits that you really have to pay attention to. Like when I played Broadway, I didn't, I could just listen to like five seconds of a song and half the time I bullshit my way through it. Yeah. yeah. Here, I can't bullshit my way through it. I have to be on my A game. And that's when I had to start scaling back and playing to the song. And that's something I I wish I would have learned when I started playing on Broadway. Because when I started playing on Broadway, I was like, oh, cool. I'm the cool, flashy guy. I'm going to be that guy just to make money. Then I realized that doesn't make you money right. on the road. On the road, you know, an artist wants a guy that's in the pocket the whole time. They don't want you being flashy. They don't want you throwing crazy little fills in there. They want you to be solid. And that's something I learned from Rich Redmond. Rich Redmond's like, hey, you can do all these crazy things, but if if that's not going to that's not going to get you where you want to be. He's yeah. like, so you've got to play. Your playing has to fit the music. Exactly. 100%. So my biggest transition was how I played and having to really discipline myself into being that touring guy. And 
that's, I guess, what helped me move on from Josh to Adam. Um, and a lot, a lot of the times it wasn't me auditioning. A lot of the times it was word of mouth mm-hmm. um, from guys that had seen me on the road or guys that knew me. And when I transitioned to Adam, I got recommended by a guy named Saul Philcox, which Saul is probably one of the best studio guitar players you ever heard. I mean, he's played on every Luke Holmes album. I mean, he toured for Jake Owen for years. Nice. Just a killer guitar player. He's from England. So when we were watching uh, the World Cup on the road, it was really funny. (laughs) Like his English accent would come out. I'm like, yeah, come on, do it. Um, But, you know... To going from Adam to Dylan, uh, that was a, that was a really big change. Um, Adam really had that more pop country, and you know we were just playing the bass tracks the whole time. Didn't have a bass, but I had Sam Hunt's bass player when I played with Adam. It was great. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, DJ One Button. I'm just saying, man. Uh, oh, oh, y'all. Okay, I was gonna say because I, I know Sam Hunt's bass, like actual bass player. But well, no, you're talking we had his first bass player yeah, that was just a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But when I transitioned to Dylan, the first thing Dylan said to me was, I want you to make the songs your own, but I also want you to be so pocket that it's second nature to you. And still to this day, I feel like I, I, I lag in my pocket, but when I listen back to our board tapes, I'm like, wow, that's what Dylan's talking about. And I'll tell you, playing with Dylan Carmichael and, and like I said, Hayden Helms, but playing with Dylan really helped shape me as a drummer on the road um, because now I'm starting to get the recognition from the bigger guys. And it's 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 great. I, you know, I love that. And um, but I also look at it as of, well, I'm not looking for recognition. I just want people to understand that I worked on my pocket and my playing to keep this gig. And that's really what it all it's all about. I mean, you're just wanting what the artist wants. Yeah. And half the time everyone thinks touring's hard. Touring's not hard. Well, I take that back. Touring is hard when you're traveling. The easy part is being on stage. Oh yeah. That's the easy part. Um but the thing about being on the road, man, you know, I've I've played places in the past year that I never thought I'd play. You know, I've I've opened up for artists that in a million years I never thought I would do. You know, and I, I got the chance to play the Grand Ole Opry last year twice. And that's th- badass. That was, <clears throat> that is still an unbelievable feeling. Like, I, I look at that video every single day and I'm like, holy shit, how did that happen? And I was just a Broadway guy. So, any Broadway guys that are wanting that goal, because a crazy thing I remember before I played the Opry, I looked back at my phone and it was like maybe three years ago. And I put a story out that said, one day I'll play here. And I took, I just took a picture of the Opry. And well, three years later, I played it. And, but I tell any guy downtown, if that's your goal, do it. You can do it. Anybody can play it's that. It's one stage. of my goals. It's one of my goals is to play Same, that. very same. Like that's, that, that's <clears throat> there in the Houston rodeo. If I get to play the Opry, the Houston rodeo and the Ryman, and then uh, my other venue, on that list is Red Rocks. If I got to do that's, that's, those that's four, a big one for me. or just really any one or any combination of those four, yeah, man, I I think I could die a happy man. Like it's, I, it's that's, not out of reach though. It's, it's not, not out of reach. no, it's not. It's attainable. It's not at all. Anybody can attain it. And you know, I tell people, you know, yeah, I may be in my forties, 
and that everyone thinks, oh, you're too old to be in the industry. Fuck that. You know, I'm here because I wanted to be here. And I want somebody, even if they're my age or they're younger, if they want to get to that point, they can do it. Mm-hmm. And I know that, and I know they can do it. And there's guys downtown that I see every single day, and I'm like, dude, you're 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 a star in the making. Like, there's so many talented guys that I give it another year. There's we're going to see a whole new set of people because these guys are going to be on major touring gigs. Like, there's another drummer in town that I I love to death that I think is absolutely phenomenal is uh, Ethan Harb. I'm not sure if y'all know Ethan, but... I know the name. I don't get to hang out with drummers. Dude, Ethan, <laughs> man, that that kid... I mean, he's he's on a pretty big touring act, I think, now. I forgot who he plays with. But Ethan, like, when I saw that kid play, I was like, holy shit. Like, that kid... That kid's a star right there in the making. And you, I see it every day. I like Kyle, to me, I think Kyle is a star bass player already, and I can't wait to see what he does in the next year. I think you're a monster damn drummer. I can't wait to see what you do in the next year. I can't either. I hope it's uh, fun. And, <laughs> and and what you guys do with this podcast, I mean, this is this is huge. So you know, keep I keep telling people keep doing things that's going to bring inspiration to people. Like if this podcast is inspiration for people, keep doing it. If people seeing you downtown is inspiration, keep doing it. Because you never know who you're going to inspire down there. Like it's it's unbelievable the inspiration that people get from each person that you see. So just keep doing what you're doing, man. That's how I that's how I look at it. Even with touring. I mean, I'm gonna keep doing it as long as they let me keep doing it. So yeah, as long as people keep hiring me, man. Right. I'm I'm gonna keep doing it, and as long as I can keep putting bands together that uh, don't want to screw me over, I'm gonna keep doing it. Ooh, that's true. That's true. I mean, it, it it could it could be worse. We could all play in a polka band, but I mean, I mean, if fun. that's what you like, that how is it worse? If that's what you like, I mean, I'm just saying, I kind of want to do it just for fun. I'm just kidding. I would never do a polka band. I do want to do a Huey Lewis tribute, but putting that together is going to be a nightmare because that's just a monster band. Um, yeah, there's a lot of components going into that one. Yeah, I, I'd go see it. Oh, dude, I'm oh, for 100%, sure. I would be there. I would <laughs> totally be there. Like with this rage thing we're about to do, I'm like. I'm scared shitless, but at the end of the day, it's like you got to trust the people that are on the show and you got to trust the promoter. You got to trust the people that are putting together. If you got the, the trust behind the people behind you, you'll be fine. You know? And like, what, like when I listen to you guys, like the trust you have between each other doing this podcast, I think that's, what's made this successful. And it's going to just, I think it's going to keep skyrocketing. That's just me. I mean, I'm hoping so. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed super this. Fun. this. This has just been more or less an escape for me because I don't always get to sit down and just like have these conversations with the people in town and my friends. Because we're usually you know, we're just always, meeting and yeah, passing. Like, yeah. Meeting and passing. Like, when would we have sat down and had a conversation? Absolutely. Like, probably, who knows? Probably never. It would it would have been by accident yeah. sometime. Yeah. We would have just happened to have been at the same place at been the like, same hey, time. Been like, hey, you're a Subway? I'm a Subway? Sweet. What you eating? Okay, right. let's talk. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, even you and I, we've tried to go and grab dinner a few times, yeah. and like some one of us always gets a gig or something. Of course, like work comes up, go. Like you got to work. Yeah, like, absolutely. We'll meet up later. That's not a big deal, but it, it is because of what we do. Sometimes it's just hard to schedule that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I do have Tuesdays off, which is nice, and it's uh, usually people are doing stuff, and it's it's or it's everybody else's day off, so they're like catching up on everything. But too, you know what? And, Tuesday's gone. 
Oh, you're so dumb. <laughs> you're so... <laughs> and now we're ending the podcast. This is our final episode. Oh, man, I had to. Come on. You said Tuesday, and I was like, I got to go with it, man. There we go. There we go. There's there's Brian's, Brian's bullshit. <laughs> that's what I do, guys. That's, that's what I was waiting for this whole time. That's what I was waiting for. Hey, I was... I was good most of the time you yeah, know you, you've been very well behaved I, i've been ve- well behaved but the fact what made this whole night is that i got little john cena back here behind me and we still haven't played the theme song yet but you know <laughs> it's john cena so you know. a little trumpet horns oh dude i love it oh man. i love yeah. it yeah he's love such it. an oddly shaped man very <laughs> Very. You know, it's not that he's an oddly shaped man. That when he wears like his whole like look when he's out like in the ring, he just wears like the the jean shorts that are way too big. Yeah. Like he has to wear a belt that's like cinched tight just so he can have those long jean shorts on. <laughs> I would love looks- to see a band downtown that dresses up like it has to be like four guys that dresses up like somebody from WWE or WWF done like done I, I, I want to see I want to right. s- Dalton I and s- I are going to put together a band <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a drummer as Sting okay. I, I want to see a bass player as, uh, as Hulk Hogan or John Cena um, I, I can do that I want to I want a singer that's uh, the ultimate warrior and a yes. guitar player that's uh, oh shit uh, Diamond Dallas Page alright so let's see we got Tristan can be on drums. He's a big WWE guy. Yeah, I'll play bass. We'll get Dalton to sing. Now we just need to get who's a guitar player that likes WWE. Any guitar players that listen to this, if you like WWE, reach out to me. I'm going to make this shit happen. We will make this. I will be the band manager, and we will be called the Ultimate Warriors. Look, man, I, I'll make <laughs> this shit happen. I totally, <laughs> totally will. You could never go wrong. Man. I will be your biggest fan. I, I, I literally sounds hilarious. I will literally show up wearing a T-shirt from the movie Ready to Rumble with David Arquette <laughs> and uh, Scott Con. Hell Seriously. yeah! Let's go. Let's like, do it. All about it. Totally about it. Oh, see now, then I'll then I'll have to go up on stage and do like the whole thing from the movie. I will rule you. Like you got to. I do for for Halloween one year. I want to put together a band where everybody dresses up as a Batman character or villain. Yes. Like oh, I please. I, I please. really want to. You're do of that. course Batman. Of so, course. I don't know, man. Like I mean, you. I, don't know, I would make a great I, I, Robin. That's all I'm saying. Would, you I would, would make a great, great Robin. Robin. I'm the I right pull height. Off the jo- <laughs> I want to pull off like Heath Ledger Joker vibes. Like that's what I want to go for. That'd be cool too. Will could be Two Face. <laughs> inside oh joke. Oh my god. Inside oh joke. Oh my god. That's amazing. Oh yeah. Who could I? Man, I, I could be. Uh, I could be Scarecrow because I'm weird. So you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about we, it. We could we could make it work, man. I'm I'm gonna make some shit happen this year. Now I got some ideas. All right, so so we have the wrestling theme, we have the Batman theme, we have pop punk Disney going on. Oh like. wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> shit, we did. Oh man, man, dude, can we do a pop punk Christmas this year? I'm down. That would be so. I'm cool. so like down. All Chris, all Christmas, and I know there's there are some pop punk Christmas songs. But I'm taking like talk. Like actual Christmas songs, turn them into pop punk songs. Like, let's do a pop pop punk Christmas. I'm all about it. Yes, I want to be involved I, in some way, shape, or form. How man. do we not do Mariah Carey? We have to. Oh, Absolutely. No, we're doing it. Oh damn. It. Oh no, we're gonna make it amazing. 
We're gonna make it amazing. Remember, dude. she's thawing. She's 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 iced up right now, but she will be thawing out in November. I'm just letting you know. She'll, to, she'll start thawing out before that. We're sure. Uh, that too, or she starts singing in November. You start hearing it, you're like, "Damn it!" It's like when you hear Mariah Carey on Thaw, then Nick Cannon has another kid. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> throwing shade. Oh man! All righty, come on, man! I had to. I had to. Hey, it's fair. It's fair. It's been fair. Oh. That's what we do, man. We got. Totally this is your brief moment of pop. Culture. We did. We we did. But you know, if you do, uh, the thing is, like, you gotta have fun. You gotta have fun. I mean, that's, you gotta, that's, Again, this is what this whole podcast is about, is just for us to get together and talk. Yeah, we talk about Broadway and give advice and talk about touring and the musician life, but also like just to sit here and bullshit too is is fun, man. We don't we don't always it's get to do It's all about the hang, man. It's all about yeah. the hang. You know, that's it's that's, true. It's that's true. one if thing. You're, if you're a good hang, man, like if you're a good hang, you're good in this town. Like yep. people you only just have to be able to play people. so good. Yeah. And then I mean, everything dude, else is who you are as me. a person. <laughs> I think I'm the worst drummer in the world, but I, I mean, I think I'm a fun hang. I mean, until you get me in a, uh, like over up down or game terminal. And then I'm an idiot because it's like, <laughs> dude, you're going down in that Mario Kart, bro. And we're going to play drinking and driving. Okay, I better stop talking before I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you a funny story about that one day, um, but we won't do it over a podcast. He doesn't want evidence. <laughs> no evidence. Look, I'm man, I've, I've seen him talk trash about... This might be what he was referring to, but I've seen him talk trash about Mario Kart and then watch his ass get whooped. Oh. So... <laughs> I was talking a lot of shit that yeah, night. Yeah, he was. That's, this is when I was drinking heavily. And I was like, oh, man, I got this. And then, uh, yeah. and, and then I, yeah, yep. yep. I learned he, real he, quick. He talked a lot of shit and got his ass whooped. And I knew it. I was like, oh, yeah, you go ahead. You keep talking that shit. Watch. <laughs> watch. And it, it wasn't me he was playing. It was somebody else. But I was like, you just go, go ahead. You just you keep talking your shit, were, buddy. Were we and, at Dave and Buster's? No, that was my house. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was That's great. Yeah, yeah, that happens. But you know, we don't like when I'm on the road. Like we don't play like a lot of Mario Kart or things like that. And my my bass player, I remember my first week on the road with him. Um, and he's a phenomenal bass player. His name's Ad Dunlap, and. I was like, I can, I can, I could take him in, you know, PlayStation basketball. Yeah, it was like 105 to two. <laughs> it was so bad, and we laughed about it for so long, and it, it was, it was a good time. But you know, like talking about the guys in my band, you know, like Ad and Jason, you know, those guys, you know, you don't, you don't see them playing on Broadway, but these guys, if you ever were to meet them, they were, they are probably some of the best dudes and would probably give you some of the best musical advice you ever had oh i'm sure you know they've they've shaped me in in that band to to be where i'm at and you know it's a it's a phenomenal opportunity to get to play with guys like that and and you know and i miss playing with the guys that i do a lot downtown you know i i miss being able to do like the after school special stuff and you know i I miss doing the emo night once in a while but you know with how timing is it you just can't do it but you know still don't forget where i come from and very proud of all those projects that i've got to do and and still still have the the great friendships that i have yeah with all these guys so you know it's it's a it's a double-edged sword you know broadway is a great thing and also touring is a great thing and just you just pick and choose when you want to do it so 
since you've done both, and I, I know like you're you're doing primarily touring now, mm-hmm. but like truthfully, which one? It's kind of a two part question. Which one do you like doing more, and which one do you feel suits you better? Um, I mean, touring definitely suits me better. I will say that because I love the feel of the original music that I play. Um, but I also like Broadway too. I mean, because there's no really right or wrong uh, answer with that. Because you know, I like. Here's the thing I love about touring. Touring, I get to live out my dreams. And I get to play big places and I get to see things and do things that I never thought I get to do. But then I get to come back to Broadway and I get to put myself back to where I was when I came here and be like, oh, this is why I love doing this. Because I still have as much fun in Broadway as I do on the road. Yeah. You know, I, ne- I, I don't take I don't take it for granted either one. Because both of them are just as fun, and you know, you still get to meet people, you still get to do cool things. Um, but I still, I mean, I love touring because I love being on a bus. I love, you know, going out and having a good time with new artists that you know we get to meet at bus festivals. Bus life and stuff. is so much fun. It is. It really is, man. Like, there's there's something there for anyone who hasn't experienced bus life. Me, it, it's. There's something really cool and special about like getting ready on the bus, hanging out and bonding with the band yeah. and then just like going and getting on stage. And then when you're done, you go right back on that bus and you kind of just do it all over the yeah. next 24 hours. And there's, there's this, it, it's different when you're in a van and you're stopping at hotels and stuff every night because you're not really getting to like, see how everybody kind of lives. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're on a bus, you're, you're stuck with those people. And yeah, every now and then you'll, you'll stay in a hotel every, every couple yeah. of nights or whatever, um, to get like a real shower and like real good sleep. But a lot of times you are sleeping on the bus going from gig to gig Yeah, and like people are making food and watching their TV shows and video games and whoever they're talking, like you get to just like see for the next couple of weeks, how everybody just lives and you all just kind of like form this bond. I've even been on buses like where like, I like, I don't think the band's necessarily like or the one band leader. I don't think he necessarily liked me, but still by the end of the like trip, like we were buds. Like we really were. That, that's friends. how, that's how you form the respect uh, with your bandmates because you're on, you're on the bus for however long your tour is. And you're in such close quarters and you got to, like five or six different personalities on there. Cause not only do you have your bandmates, you've got your tour manager, you got your bus driver, you got your merch guy, you know, there's so many different personalities on there, but you don't want to overstep your boundaries of like, Oh, well, let me tell this joke. Oh, they might not like that. Or, you know, do this and that. And, you know, then when you're out there that long and I tell anybody that goes on tour, you are all you got out there. You know, your family's back at home. Everyone's living their day. But when you're on the road, you're all you got. And that's what why they say it's such a brotherhood. It is a brotherhood because you form that bond when you're on that road. And then when you go on stage with each other, you know, you're going to war. You know, that's why I tell everybody you're going to war up there. And you are, you got each other's back up there. And, you know, when one person messes up, you're like, hey, let's talk about it. You don't just. Like blah, 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 blah. you 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 played this wrong. Like I've had on Broadway so many times. Oh People my god! Like, yeah. Like you didn't play that pattern right. Like when somebody messes up in our band, we're just like, 
hey, you know, you did this here. Take a listen to it. Let's let's circle back to it. Make sure it works. And then by the time we're at the next show, we're like, hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and then you work it out during sound check too, which is great. And that's that's something like a lot of people in this town that like come here and they if they never toured or they never worked with a band, um, constru- constructive criticism, being able to take that in a positive light, yeah, is very important and very important, especially when you're on the road. Yes. Um, and just learning how to like you do, you learn how to talk to people because you can't just let your emotions run. Like you can't run away, get away from these people. You're literally sleeping next to them in a bunk. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like deal with this. And and you you do you learn how to talk to people. You learn how to accept and give give and take constructive criticism. And yeah, it's it's once you stop doing that is when you're gonna find yourself out of a gig. Yep, and. That's one thing I learned at a young age that if you don't learn from your mistakes musically, like when you're in a band or mm-hmm. you don't learn to you know fix the problem, then why are you doing it? You know, and that's the thing I love about you know just Broadway and the road because you learn so much downtown, and then when you try to apply it to your your road gig, you're like, oh, cool, I get what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you get to weed out like the really important things and then the fluff and then figure yeah. out exactly. What I will it tell is. you my bad habits. I try not to br- like my, my bad habits in Broadway. I try not to bring to my touring gig because like my bad habits on Broadway. Like I like to be a little bit more flashier oh, yeah. just because I don't get to on the road. And, and that's okay because when I'm on the road, I still enjoy laying back in that pocket because it's like, man this groove just feels so good and you're watching your bandmates gel with you and you know feeding off the crowd and then you know when i'm on broadway i'm like i'm just gonna throw this extra kick in here have a little fun do this crazy feel and it's help it's making the people out in the crowd go crazy and it's throwing me a little bit extra money feel free to correct me if i'm wrong but like on broadway the band is the show yeah when you're on the road with an artist the artist is the show absolutely Absolutely. Yeah, so that's you, that's the focal point. That's what you're there to support. Your job is to make them as good as they can absolutely. be. Absolutely. On Broadway, it's to make the show, the it's, the yeah. whole band as good and, there, and there as are entertaining. A few, there as are a few be. venues that like they focus on the artists, which is like Old Red. They very oh, yeah. much like to push the artists and stuff, yeah. like that, which is great. But there, it's it's kind of like it is almost like a road show. Like they, I've all those bands that I've played there with. They put on shows. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. they're still taking requests and doing that, but they're putting on a show. Yeah. Where a lot of the other bars that I play, it, it is. It's like, okay, you know, I, I like to call it a round robin thing where we're like, okay, you, you sing a song, you sing a song, you sing a song. We just keep going in a yeah. circle. Yeah. We're not just focused on one person. One we're focused on the whole show. Mm-hmm. How's the crowd reacting to this? Okay, they're not going for the female country. Okay, let's play some new modern male country. Okay, they're not going for the country at all. Let's sing some rock stuff. Yeah. Let's sing some pop punk. And you just kind of see where it goes, um, where when you're on an artist gig on the road, you're like, we're playing the artist songs and they're set. You're this playing is, this show. Yeah. yeah. Period. And that's, that's so just like you being flashy, I am very much a flashy person in my presence. Right. Not necessarily my playing. My playing is not flashy whatsoever. Um, that's, that's the thing for me on the road is like my playing pretty much stays the same. I don't, on Broadway, I'm, 
I explore more and I like I try different things and yeah. see what works. But when I'm on the road with somebody, I'm on I'm on a tour gig. It's I'm playing that baseline and nothing like I'm playing that baseline perfectly to the record. Yeah. Um, where I have to change the most is my appearance and how I am on stage. I'm very much a peacock on stage. Like he look at me like very very much so I'm a peacock man you gotta let me fly <laughs> oh, Marky Mark I, I, um, I had a feeling there was gonna be a lot of movie quotes in this in this podcast today so of course with me being in here that was gonna happen so you know like that that yeah it is I, I have to tone it down like yeah. and I can't be running like a Broadway I'm running across the stage I don't care who I'm playing I with. wish I could run across like, the stage it's, I'm, I'm right? running around having fun I would love to be able to stand Dude, up for a, a little button. while and hit a button i'm playing i'm like hey and you know it's like it's it'd be fun but then like on the road man i i kind of like stay base. i stay so. in my box i stay in an area like yeah man this is where i'm supposed to be i if i'm on if i ever i haven't been on a, a like a big tour in a while where i'm playing you know 2000 plus people or anything but um like when i do big stages theater stages stuff like that like i usually like to take a rug mm-hmm. and i don't leave the rug yeah, that's that's your home that, right uh, there until until they want to like showcase the band. If they even want to do that, I don't leave that rug. I'm staying here like that's where I'm going to be <laughs> just because in some bigger artists want that. The thing I love about Dylan, um, he wants our guys to <coughs> to move around um, not as much, but, you know, they they move in. They move within, you know, their their areas. And so they because at the end of the day, like when the band's moving, you don't want to outshine your artist. Yeah. That's one thing I, I have learned, like being on the road is you never outshine the headlining name because that's your boss. You mm-hmm. know, that's the guy that gave you a gig. Um, and that's the thing I, I've, I've learned a lot. Like with my flashiness playing, it's like, you know, you gotta tone it down a little bit because at the end of the day that it's not, Hey, them and Brian Collins, right? It's that name, that name's on the ticket. That's what you gotta learn. I'm like, all right, cool. Hey, and no, no one, no one gives a damn about you being up there. They care about the person, the name yeah, they paid to see. Exactly. So. And and some people like, I think a cat's pissed off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and there are some players that don't like that. They want to be the center of attention. And but that's a way you're going to find a way not in that gig. Yeah. You know, and you know, but that's okay. But like, you know, we're gun for hires, and and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with being a gun for hire. You know, yeah, I do my own solo stuff. I do stuff down on Broadway. But I like being a hired gun because it's fun. Mm-hmm. You get to, one, you get to play with different guys. Even if, say, the main guy you like being with isn't touring for a long time, you still have that chance to go play with somebody else until that guy starts touring again. And, you know, it's just fun. You know, you get to flex that muscle with different styles of music. Which is so much fun, yeah. and I've and I've enjoyed that this these past six years. So sex, <laughs> sex, shit. I can't talk today. Uh, you can edit that part out. <laughs> no, we, leave, we leave everything. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. In the past two weeks, I said stupid stuff on this podcast. Where I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that, but oh well. So you know, it just is what it is. It's, it's got to be real. It's got to be raw. It, you know, it's, it's definitely like, be raw, raw it, baby. It's definitely raw. We're we're giving it to the listeners raw. Um, but bad pun. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was funny. I'm not good at these things. You're very great at these things. Well, I hope I woke you up today. 
You know, I will say I was really worried about this uh, podcast, man. I I was like coming here just tired. I did not sleep last night, so I was like, man. I'm. I even said to Bobby before I was like, Bobby, you're gonna have to leave this. Like, have fun. <laughs> you do realize who you're talking to today, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, gonna wake you up some uh, way or another. Well, you talk enough that I have to say much. I I I probably didn't have to say anything this entire podcast. You oh, you did great. Me. Both of y'all did great, and I, and I appreciate you guys having me. It's been a lot of fun. Oh no, man, we we really enjoyed having you. Heck yeah. But I'm glad I got to that, talk to we you. Are, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. It was a great conversation. We are we are getting to the end of our ropes here. So <laughs> all right, so you ready for my dumb question? Well, yeah, of course. All right, I'm you ready? ready for your oh, dumb God. question? What is the dumbest thing you've ever been fired from a gig for? <laughs> I'm ready for this answer. I'm so ready for this answer. Well, funny thing, I've okay, yes, all right. I had to think about it because, like, after I got fired from this gig, I never got fired from anybody else. Most of the time, I mainly quit. So I was playing a gig downtown, and this is when Paradise Park was open. God rest its soul. I miss Paradise Park and those hamburgers after you were really drunk. Dude, and oh, the tots, man. Bro, loaded tots. <laughs> Come on. And Paradise Park food. I miss it. It's bro. So, so good. It was so good. So we were starting our our shift, and the guy, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to piss anybody off. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm friends with the guy still, um, but it took us a couple of years to, like, become friends after this mm-hmm. so um we he had worked his connections to get into paradise park and i was playing with another artist at the same time too by the name of greg Ryder, which is not here anymore uh which he was a, he was a lot of fun to play with so as we're on stage the sound guy was um also the booker at the time so I remember talking to him and be like, "Hey, you know, can we play this?" I was like, "I want to know if we can book the um, the rooftop for this date for such and such birthday um, with our other band." And I just saw my singer do this, and he didn't say anything. So we played the gig, mm-hmm. and when we got done, he walked outside and he said, "Hey, that was your last gig with us." I was like, "What the fuck? What did I do?" He's like, you booked another gig in front of me, and it wasn't for me. He's like, you used my connection to not let me play on that gig. I'm like, what? And then we didn't talk to each other for like two years. And then two years later, he hit me up, and he was like, you know, I, I stood by my decision to fire you, but I shouldn't have done it that way. So I thought it was kind of dumb to get fired for booking another show on Broadway. I was like, bro, it's just Broadway. You know, you don't have to get that mad. So yeah, that was that was I thought was the stupidest thing I ever got fired for. So, but after that, I never. I don't think I've ever been fired from another gig. That is not going I, with somewhere. I, I've been fired from a lot of. That gigs is a for pretty dumb pretty dumb reason. I mean, I I know I've played with some people that are like, I want you to play with me and solely me and only me, and I'm like, yeah, unless you're gonna pay all my bills. Yeah, yeah, no. that just can't happen. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not on a, I'm not <laughs> on a retainer. I'm not on a salary. Like, these are just like paid, you know, paid by the gig. So, like, if you're not paying a salary and paying my full all my bills every year, like, no, I cannot fully commit to you like that. Well, the thing was, it was like, man, it's not even a day you're playing, and mm-hmm. two, like, I'm allowed to book other things beside you because I want other income. But at the end of the day, it is what it was. It was a lesson learned. And, uh, we laugh about it still. 
uh, when I when we talked to each other. And I was like, hey, remember that one time when you fired me? He's like, <laughs> yeah, you're an asshole. I was like, well, yeah, no. You know, at least you didn't get dropped off of a label because you said something stupid on a interview. So, you know, I walked out of an interview Yet. and got called. Give him by, time. I got, <laughs> we got called by our, our label and they were like, hey, uh, so we don't pay you in time. huh? We don't pay you enough. And I was like, oh, man, we we're just making a joke. He's like, that's fine. You'll get your final paycheck. You're off the label. Oh, took us off the label. What sucked is they they had in the contract, no matter what happened, like they had kept the rights and to our music so like both those albums right there we just got back um the rights to i think like a year year and a half ago wow yeah yeah well i love my label (laughs) our label is really cool and they pay us on time we never have any problems this was now this was like 12, 13, 14 years. This is a long time right. ago. I did not know better. I was like 21, I think. At yeah. The time. Knowing me, if I was if I was that young, too, I probably would have said some stupid shit. I'd be you like, know, like, we were just shooting from the hip, and they were asking us questions. They're like, oh, you guys are young guys, and you're on the road, and you're doing well. And and I was like, yeah, you know, like, we're doing well if we'd get paid. You know, I, I made some stupid joke like that, and it just, I shouldn't have. So, yeah, you know, sometimes. You live, you, you, live, you learn, and. You know, you're doing pretty good now, man. So I'm doing all right, man. I'm 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 surviving. <laughs> I mean, I'll still hug you. So, so. well, he, he always has like special questions. My questions yeah. for the end are always the same. Uh, I like consistency, I guess, <laughs> and I'm not that creative when it comes to that kind of shit. But uh, my question is: if uh, three pieces of advice, three quick pieces of advice you could give to anybody moving to this town, pursuing Broadway or a music career, like what what are the three pieces of advice you'd give that person right now? Uh, be a good hang. Um, set your goals high, and don't take yourself too seriously. You know, yeah, take the music seriously, of course, but don't take yourself too seriously. And and uh, I'm gonna give a fourth a fourth thing: leave the ego at the door. You know, when it's a big one, when you, when you walk into a door and you got an ego, you're going to find out real quick that that ego is going to kick your ass out that door real quick. I came into town with an ego. I knew how I knew what I was like when I moved to the town and I had to learn real quick to keep that shit in check. But like I said, anybody that comes into town, be a good hang, know what you're doing, set your goals high. Don't be a dick. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You know, I mean, there are enough players as good or better than you where nobody has to put up with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I they, mean, won't. they that, won't. That's the thing is no matter what in this town, and I've learned this a couple of times. This has happened to me. You're so easily replaceable. Oh yeah. I mean, within minutes you can be, I've been replaced on stage yeah. during a gig. I, I actually so, had to do that to a drummer and I hated it because I remember I got a phone call. Um, I think Trent was playing with on the show and he's like, Hey man, we really need your help. And I felt so bad doing that to that guy. But, I mean, he even looked at me. He's like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, it's all good. We got you. And I think, I can't remember the kid's name, but I think he's actually doing some big stuff now. But, you know, I hate being that in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a that's a shitty situation to be in. Yeah, but. it is. Now, mine was uh, done by the um, Purple Palace's, uh, mm. you know, mm. lords. But, nonetheless, lords. it's happened. 
But uh, you know, we we are running out of time today. We'll definitely uh, try to get you back in here. Oh, dude, I'd love to do it. This like, was a lot of fun. We've we've enjoyed having you, man. Absolutely. And there's Absolutely. still again, like everybody else, like I always have so many questions, and then we start talking, and then I get lost track of time. But that's so, the beauty about it. Yeah, and I mean that's one of the reasons why we love this podcast is we just get to come in here and bullshit and just actually hang out. Yeah. So Brian, if you want to give everybody your information where they can find you online and follow you, yeah, man, and the name of your new song. Ah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so my new song coming out Friday is called Real Thing. Uh, it's a fun one. Uh, it was produced by Trent Hollingsworth. Um, I love you, Trent. So hopefully and you by get... the time everyone hears this, the song will be out. It will be so out. Go so check it, it out. out. Yeah, right it'll now. be on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, Pornhub, you know, wherever you can find it. Now I'll add it to the podcast's playlist on Spotify. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Brian Russell Collins. Um, I use all three names because there's actually another Brian Collins college drummer in town so i was like i'm gonna be different um and as hayden said you know i'm so good he gave me three names so you know why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah you can find me everywhere on, on brian russell collins uh my new song real thing is coming out and also uh you can catch me on the road this uh this summer with dylan carmichael so hell yeah that'll man. be super cool yeah man it's a lot of fun Bob, where can they find you at i am story of bob just about everywhere if uh if you type in story of bob i'll pop up hell yeah and I'm Kyle Thurkey. You can find me Thurkey Base across everything. That that's where I'll, I'll be if you're looking for me. Um, Brian, thank you so much for coming in, hanging out with us. Your stories are great. We definitely want to have you back in here as well. Thanks, man. Um, Absolutely. It, it's been a pleasure, man. And it, you're a great friend, a great dude to know in town. I'm very thankful to have met you and all the opportunities that you have given me and blessed me with. So yeah, man. Seriously, thank you so much. Absolutely, the pleasure's on mine, boys. One of my best friends in town. Both of you dudes are some of my best friends in town. So I, it's been great having y'all on today, or having you on, Bob. It's always great sharing the show with you. Thank oh, you for, for having so me. So fun. And uh, until next time, guys. AMF bicycle later. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We have a great time putting it on for you, so we really appreciate all of the listens. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, we are on Facebook and Instagram. So if you just search Nashville for Nobody's Podcast, we will pop up and you can interact with us that way. We also have some more options coming up in the future for interaction, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. So as always, it's never too late to tip your bartender, and please don't forget to tip your band.